Amen. Wow, what a great day. I'm so excited to be here. It's going to be great. <laughs> I, uh, I just wanted to, before I start, just wanted to share. You would have heard some noise going on behind there as, as, uh, as Pastor Lynn was sharing her heart. And that is Impact Kids. And I'm a part of the Impact Kids team. And we just have so much fun. I just want to share because some of you might not know what goes on, what goes on behind there. Uh, but last week, we had a fantastic week. It was just so awesome. We, uh, we, we just horsed around at the start. We had uh, a whole heap of toilet paper. We just got all these rolls of toilet paper, and we unwrapped them, and we biffed them around, and we just had so much fun. And, uh, and the kids just opened up. Their hearts were open and engaged, and we worshipped, and something shifted. And then uh, Bryce brought a word, and then uh, I brought a a salvation call, and we had 16 kids respond to receive Jesus as their Savior. And that, you know, that is just so awesome. And, uh, you know, maybe you just don't know what goes inside their heart, but it was just, it was such a team effort, and it was just such a tremendous part to be, tremendous to be a part of that awesome program. And uh, we've got some great leaders, Vaughan and Lou, head up this area, and it's just, it's hidden behind that wall, but but we're connected, we're one spirit, we're one family. So I just wanted to, you forgot someone, didn't you? Okay. Handle some photos, yeah. Two photos, okay. That's all right, we got some photos. Look at that. So where's that? Where, where is Pastor Mike at the moment? He's in Asia, somewhere in Asia, and there's a, a big auditorium. Look at all those people. My goodness. And uh, next slide, next photo. There we go. And look at all those people responding. So, so as, as a church, as a body, we've released our senior leader to go out. And uh, this is the fruit of the harvest, the fruit of this house, the overflow of this house. And, and there we go. These people being touched mightily with God. Isn't that good? Amen. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to talk this morning, I want to preach and speak to you this morning about His great love. We have a God that is just passionately in love with us. He is just so in love with every part of you, every part of who you are. He, it is a timeless love, it's an eternal love. And, and it's a love that extends not only uh, to you as an individual, but to us as a house, to us as a group of people. And it's been something that's been sitting in my heart, just, and, and, and I just as I've been thinking around it, something inside of me shifted, something inside of me's changed. And as I've engaged and connected with His love, I, I, I just feel different. I see the church different. I see life different. I've captured something. It's sitting in me on the inside, and, it, and I can't hold on to it. It has to come out. And so, so here we go this morning. It's going to come out. So if you... <laughs> so yeah, 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 no toilet roll. So if you turn to Ephesians 3, I'll just set the context of, uh, of what, I want to, what I want to share. Where are you, Ephesians? There we go. Ephesians 3, verse 14. So you're familiar with these verses. I'm going to, I'll speak them out to you, and then we're just going to just take it a slightly different way. Ephesians 3, 14. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family, the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Spirit in the inner man, that Christ 
may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you be rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, the height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you will be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we ask for or think according to the power that works in us to him be the glory in the church by Christ to all generations forever and ever. To him be the glory in the church by Christ to all generations forever and ever. Church, the power, the enabling power for this is love. It's like as a dad, we get given so many... um, Fortunately, we're blessed that our kids receive so many toys, and all these toys seem to require batteries, and the batteries only seem to last a while. Then you have to replace them. We've got these noisy toys, all sorts of toys, and they just sit around without any batteries inside of them. And, and you can still use them, you can still push them around, you can still do stuff with them, but it, they're not fulfilling their function. But when you plug in some power, when you put in some batteries, suddenly these toys come alive. Suddenly that they've got a purpose and suddenly they can do what they've intended to do. That's like having the power that God's love, the, the battery that energizes us. Without that love, we can still carry on, we can still live, we can still function. But we lack that power, that power that sits inside of us. It's like having a, a, a space rocket, you know, without the big boosters. It, it can still fly up and, and get to the edge of space. Without the boosters, it can't get to the moon. It can't get to Mars. It's like that's the power. God's love inside of us energizes us. It releases us. It allows us to be who he has called us to be. So just those verses, it starts with, for this reason. For this reason. And I think it's good if we just start when we're looking at love to think about for this reason. What is the purpose? What is the purpose of God's great love to us, his people? And it starts individually. It starts as a, we, we receive this love individually. It has an individual purpose to us. The first part is that we are redeemed. That we are redeemed. That his love is released into our hearts. That we are redeemed. We are redeemed. That he has called us by name. That we are no longer slaves to our past, but we are free inside of him. That we are redeemed that I am redeemed today, that today the opportunity will be there for you today to be redeemed because of his great love, his great love to you. Then his love is set upon you to restore, to restore what has been lost. The Bible says that, Jesus says that I have come that I may destroy the works of the devil, that we are restored through his great love, his great love to us, restores us. It makes us whole. The parts, as as Pastor Lynn was sharing before, there was a part broken and hurt inside of her, but the great love that she encountered of of the living God came and it restored her, reconciled her with God. And, And finally, his great love is upon us that we individually, that we can represent him, that we can represent a loving God, that we can represent what he's like to a broken world, to the people around us, that we can represent what he is like. There's a power element to that. There's a part of that that we can't do ourselves. It's as the grace of God comes upon us, he empowers us to prove, to confirm, to demonstrate his word, his will, his purposes outworking in our life. So his love is upon us to redeem us, to renew us, and so that we would represent him, 
Now that same love, that same love to us as individuals is for the church. That same great love, that same great power outworks to us as a church. It's the same purpose. You see, we're individuals here, each one of us accountable to God, but as a group of believers gathered here today as a family, we're a collective, we're a family, we're, we're a body. And it's the same purpose that God has his great love for the church, that the church would be redeemed, that as a church we be redeemed and connected to him. As a church, we be renewed into the image, the nature, the likeness of him. And then as a church, we represent what he is like into the world. And the Bible talks, it has a lot of imagery around the church. And it's just, it, it's something that it, as I've been sitting around and thinking around the purpose, the, the greatness of his love, that, that how I see the church has shifted and it's changed. And, and the, 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 the first part, the first part of that purpose to the church is that we are drawn to the head. We are drawn to the head. And I want to encourage you this morning, as, as Pastor Lynn was praying, she basically stole my preach. As, as, she, was, as she was speaking, we, we're not drawn to man. We're not drawn to woman. We are drawn to a living God, that the purpose of the church is that we be connected to the head. Just as the purpose of an individual, we're connected to a savior. The purpose of the church is that we are connected to the head. And the Bible says, and he, and he, Jesus, is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things, in all things, he may have the preeminence. As a church, we are connected to him. We are his people. He loves us. We are his body. We belong to him. He hasn't left us or forsaken us. He doesn't wonder what's going on at 1200 Omaha Road, Hastings. He is God. He is alive. He is on the throne. He is, he is the head. He is the head of this church. He is the good shepherd. He is the one who loves us. He is the one who has released his great love to us as a people. We're, we're connected today as believers unto him, the head of the church. When, when our eyes drift, when our eyes drop and, and, and focus on man, we, we start to lose sight of the greatness of his love. So the, the purpose of his love, the collective purpose of his love, to draw us ahead, draw us to the head. Now there's, there's some imagery that I've, I've been looking at that the Bible uses to describe what church is like. Or God's intention of church. And the first bit is, is family. That is, we're called from who in the whole heaven, who the whole family and heaven and earth is named. The, the whole family and heaven and earth. So we're called as a family here together. Now, I know sometimes it might not feel like family. And, you know, I've, you know I'm, I'm a dad. We've got young kids, and I've met people that have teenagers. And sometimes your kids might not want to be a part of your family. But the reality is they are a part of a family. We are a family of God. And, and when you look at the, a, a family, why do families exist? Families exist so that we can train and grow and nurture, both as a parent, you know, I'm, I'm growing, but also me to my kids, that I can impart into them what I've gathered, what I've built in my life, so that they can go further higher than I can. As a family, we exist to care and nurture for one another, so that if, if someone is sick, if someone is ill, if someone is in need, that we, we care and nurture, and a family exists for protection, that we are stronger as a group than we are when we are individuals. 
And if you look at what, what does a family uh, outwork as, a family outworks as multi-generational. So you've got your grandparents, you've got your uncles and aunts, you've got your mums and dads, you've got your kids. The, the family is multi-generational. It's just not one generation. It's not just the youth. It's not just young adults. It's not just the um, young working couples. It's not just the grandparents. A family is multi-generational, and that's what the, the picture of God has for his family. The church is multi-generational. A family comes in images and likeness. You know, my kids bear a resemblance to my wife and I. As, as children of our living God, that we bear a resemblance, an image of who he is, of what he is like. In the, in the family, there is a legacy. So there, when I spend time with my kids, when I invest in them, they learn new things. They become, their character becomes shaped and they, and they grow and they're there becomes a, a legacy that's left that goes on as I teach my kids to pray, as I teach my kids to encounter God and to worship, as I teach my kids skills, that there's, there's a, a legacy that goes on for generations and generations. And that's the purpose that God has for us as his family, that the, his legacy, the legacy of Christ would go on for generations and generations as, as, as a family we draw together and we become in his image and likeness and that that's uh, reflected out into the world. The other image that the Bible talks about as an illustration for church is a body. We are the body of Christ. And, and, and I love that as, a, as an image, that we are the body, because I, I my, my engineering mind can break that down a little bit easier. That you know, We're a body, so we have some parts of us might be the kidney, the, the heart, the lungs. We have lips, we've got ears and skin and brain and hair and just all, all sorts of um, individual elements. They're all so very, very different. A hair is absolutely nothing like the liver. Uh, if you had hair where your liver was, then your blood's not going to get purified. Your, your, your skin is nothing like your eyeball. Like, if you're just covered in eyes... How would you walk? How would you brush your teeth? Yeah. So every part is so very, very different, so very individual, so very unique, but every part is connected to the whole. Like if a body doesn't have its eyes, then I can't see. So the body needs the eyes. If the body doesn't have the kidneys, then I can't process the, the toxins from my blood. And I, I get poisoned. If my body doesn't have a stomach or a heart, you can see that the body, there's all these individual elements connected together as a whole, that we, there's that unity and diversity. There's no one part that we could live without. There's all parts working together, connected together, creates the body. And that's who we are as a family. That's who you are as a family today, as a body. We need all the different elements. We need all the different parts. Not everyone is a mouth. Some people have a gift to just talk for hours and hours. If we were all like that, then, then there'd be very little conversation. Some people are very blessed at listening. My wife is very good at listening. I'm very good at talking. I don't even need the other person to say anything. I could just keep on going. <laughs> Some people are, you know, we all have our gifts. Some people are really gifted at, at, at worship. They can just engage with God and connect with God. We need those people in the body. Some people are very analytical. They can think and they can be very strategic and, and, and think long term. Some people are very spontaneous and creative. As a body, as a body of Christ, 
We need all those different parts functioning and connected together. And the glue of that is that love. The glue that holds us together is love. And as, as Pastor Lynn was sharing, sometimes the body is sick. Sometimes there's a part of the body that, that might be missing or it might be damaged. And if you think about our natural body, like I accidentally cut my finger this morning, um, stabbing bags as it so happens, and my body immediately went in the defense. It immediately started sending cells to start closing up that cut and immediately started to, to mend the skin. As soon as it was cut, my body went into action to, to restore it. When, when our bodies get sick, when they take on a virus, immediately our body elevates its temperature to try and kill off that virus. Immediately it starts um, spreading the blood and, and, and bringing different parts to different things. I don't understand all that medical stuff, but I know that my body immediately starts to try and fix and mend itself. And that as a body here together, Pastor Lynn was talking about that reconciliation, that restoration. Do you know we need each other to be healed? I need what you have. You need what your neighbor has. Together, as a, as a body of Christ, each part contributing, we, can, we will become healed and will become restored as we engage with his great love. So I, I just, just at, at this point, just want to ask you, where are you at in the family? Are, are you, you are a vital member of this family, of this body. You belong in this house. We need you. Where are you at? If you're an eyeball, are you, are you looking out for the body? If, if you are, a, you know, the eyeball talks of the prophetic of, of, of looking out. We need you to look out. We need you to pray. Where are you at as a family, as a body today? Are you connected into the house? Are you connected in, 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 into this family so that as a family we can grow up strong in the image of Christ? That's my heart, my, my, my heart for the church, that we would draw near unity and diversity, that we are stronger together than we are apart, each part playing, fulfilling its function, that God be represented inside of us. God be represented inside of us. We need each other. I am designed for relationship with God to connect to His body, the church, and to grow in the fullness of the likeness of Him to make Him known. That's the purpose, His purpose of His love to us. It's great that we can, we can sing songs, and, and, but there's a practical element to His love. There's a practical element to His love. So if we just, how do we access that love? How do we, so we've talked about the purpose. The purpose is individual, to restore and to renew and to reconcile and, and that we represent. And that same purpose outworks uh, for us as a church, as a body, as a family, that we need each other. We need that connection. And, and that power that enables us to do that is his great love. So how do we access that great love? Well, in Ephesians 3.17, it says that you, being rooted and grounded in love. Now, rooted and grounded in love. To be rooted in love talks of a plant set in the ground. And, and grounded talks about being established like a foundation. So rooted is, is sort of talking about a tree and grounded is talking about 
a, a building, and it's talking about love. When you look at the two verses before, it's talking that you would be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, and that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. So this verse here is talking about salvation. It's talking about a salvation encounter with the living God, that we be rooted and grounded in his love and salvation, that as a tree, that we are planted in, in, in solid ground, that the roots are going in deep, drawing on the nutrients of his love, that we are established. We're like a building, established, planted on a firm foundation, that that salvation talks about a rock on which our lives are anchored, that without him, without that rock in our life, we, we, are, we just drift. If you, if you plant a tree, my wife and I have done this, if we plant a tree and we don't do the roots well enough, the thing either dies or it falls over. I'm an engineer. If, I, if we're designing a, a building and we don't put suitable foundations in, then when pressures come against that building, it, it shifts and it drops and it, and, and it breaks. It becomes useless and you have to throw that building away. So the, so the first thing is that salvation encounter with the living God, that our lives be set on him, our lives be anchored in him. That is the love. There is nothing else that satisfies. It is his love to us, his great love to us, that we be rooted and grounded in love. We be established in his love, both individually as personal believers. It's an invitation to all who would receive. It's a free gift the free gift of salvation, the free gift of life to all who receive, that we be rooted and anchored in love and the salvation and the redemptive work of the cross. Then the, So that, that, that's accessing love one is, is salvation, that salvation encounter. Accessing love two, Ephesians 3.18, that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height, to comprehend, to comprehend with all the saints, to understand the nature of the meaning, the significance, to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the depth, the length, the height. You see, we, we can get saved and we have that encounter and we're founded on a rock, but until we, the, the, the next step, the next outworking as a, as a body, as a family, individually and corporately, is that we would understand, we would understand his great love. So we can all use cell phones, but I bet not many of us understand how does that work. God has made it so that we can understand how his love works. To know the width, the length, the depth, the height, the width, the width of his love. The, if you think of a, of a river, his love flowing as a river, and, and, and a river always has boundaries, and, and you can cross a river. But God's love is so wide, it extends from the east to the west, that you can't cross his love. It is so wide that it includes everybody. Within that love, there is not one person, no sin, no nothing you've ever done in your past, nothing you could ever do in the future that, that, that doesn't, isn't covered under God's love. It is so wide, so wide is his love, so wide that you could never cross side to side, that it covers all, that his love is, is so long. You talk about, say, the length of the river. Where does the river end? 
Well, God's love is so long, it never ends. It's eternal. And his love lasts forever. It goes on forever and ever and ever. His love is, is, is like a river that has no end. It has no end. It is eternal that we are occupying this space and this time for now. But one day we will step out into eternity and rule and reign with him. His love doesn't end there. It continues on going and going and going. His love is like a, it's a river that has no end. So long is his love. So deep is his love that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to pay the price for our sin. His perfect son, his spotless son, so deep is his love that he humbled himself to the point of death, that he took upon himself our iniquity. He was bruised for our iniquity, for our transgressions, for our sins. So deep is his love that he would send his only begotten son. So deep is his love, so high is his love that it elevates us. His love lifts us up. His love, the Bible says that we are seated in heavenly places. So high is his love that I am seated in heavenly places today. So high is his love that I rule and reign with my God, my Father, my King, that I am lifted up because of his love so, so wide, so high, so deep, so long. So great is his love. Verse 19. Accessing his love. So we access his love through a salvation encounter. We access his love as we comprehend and understand the bigness of his love. In Ephesians 3.19 says, to know. So the purpose of those two things. To know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. To know, to know the love which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. So we get saved and then we comprehend so that we can know that love which passes knowledge. So how do you know something that passes all knowledge? How do you know something that is unknowable? You can only know it by experience. We can only know it by experiencing it and living that inside of ourselves. Uh, I love how the Amplified put it. it. It says that you may really come to know practically through experience for yourselves the love of Christ, which far surpasses mere knowledge without experience, that you may be filled through all your being unto the fullness of God and may have the richest measure of the divine presence, become a holy body, filled and flooded with God himself. So that is the outworking of that great purpose, the great purpose for us individually of his love, the great purpose for us as a church that we would know, that we would experience his love. The Bible says in 1 John 4.19, I love because he first loved me. So as a church, as a church, all this starts to make sense when we encounter that love when we encounter that love and, and, and lay a hold of that and experience that for ourselves, then we become a functioning part of the body, a functioning part of the family, able to bring and release life and, and minister to those around us until as a body that we grow into the fullness of Christ, that we carry the full measure of who Christ is, that we are redeemed, that we're reconciled, and then we represent who he is into the world that is around us. For, for me personally, I, I remember when I encountered God. 
and I, I was a young man, and I, I liked to live life my own way. And uh, I knew about God. In fact, I'd experienced God. But I thought God was all about rules. I thought he was angry and distant. I didn't understand his love. I hadn't experienced it. Even the experience, I couldn't grasp it because I didn't understand it. I did, I, I just, I, so I was just enjoying my life. And I remember sitting in a room one, one evening with some friends. And they, they were Christians. And, and I'd actually been going to a, a course about it, just filling about Christian, about Christianity, filling up my head with, with knowledge. But it wasn't shifting. It wasn't transforming me. And I remember that the video was on God's love. And, you know, I don't even remember what the guy said, but I encountered something. I encountered a spirit of love. A spirit of love came upon me, and, and I couldn't make any sense of it. I had all my reasons. I had all my, you know, uh, when I'm 40, 50, I'll, I'll become a Christian and start doing all the things, and, and, and God's angry. and distant. I had all these things, but I, I, I couldn't argue with this encounter, with that power of his love. It blew me. It shifted me. It transformed me. I was like a, a, one of those little radio control cars with no batteries that suddenly got batteries. Suddenly I've come alive. I'm like, whoa, I need to respond to this. I need to respond to that love, to that encounter. So as, as a young man, way before I had ever planned to, because I encountered the power of his love, I experienced something that I'd never experienced before. I felt whole. I felt formed. I chose to respond. And, and I remember throughout my, my Christian walk, I remember watching a, a, a movie, and it was about a bodyguard that had to protect this, this kid. The bodyguard was a bit washed out. And, and it was in Mexico, and the kid got um, adopted. Adopted? Adopted? Taken away. <laughs> and the bodyguard, he pursued this child, and in the end, exchanged himself, his life, for the child's life that the child would live. And, and as I was watching this movie, right at that point, God said to me, that is what I did for you. And suddenly it came alive to me. Suddenly it was an experience inside of me that was so real. It shifted me. It shifted something on the inside. Even recently, as I've been going through a, a difficult work circumstance and situation just with some changes and things, as I've laid a hold of what God said, and held his word to be true, I've encountered and experienced the greatness of his love to me. It's like a power that energizes me and that is, is shifting and changing how I see and how I think. The greatness of his love, it needs to be known, it needs to be experienced. That as a church, we are in a difficult season. As a church, it's a difficult time. But his love is still towards us. His promises are still towards us. His love is still available for us to access. His salvation is there that we can access that salvation, that we would understand his love and that, that we would live and experience his love as a church, that as a church, as a body, as a family, we would be restored. It starts with that, with that love encounter, that love encounter. So how do we experience? How as individuals? What could we do? What can you do? What can I do? What's our part to play? And for, for experiencing, there's, there's internal things and then there's external things. 
So the internal things Pastor Mike spoke a couple of weeks ago, and I encourage you to get it. It was very, very good. And he talked about meditating. He talked about meditating upon the Word, taking the Word of God and, and, and rolling it around in your imagination, picturing it, visualizing it. And then as you start to do that, you'll find that things inside of you start to arise. Grab a hold of those things. Don't hide from those things. Grab them and, and expose them to the Word of God. I remember... I was meditating that I stand before him holy and blameless. And, and I'm just confessing it. And it's just words because inside of me, I felt I'm not holy and blameless. Oh, I'm dirty and sinful. But the more I meditated on it, the more I am holy and blameless before him in love. I am holy and blameless before him in love. I am holy and blameless before him in love. I am holy and blameless before him in love. His great love has redeemed me. It has washed me. It has transformed me. I am holy and blameless before him in love. Then my, as I start to meditate and, and lay a hold of that, what does it feel like to be holy and blameless? Suddenly I can stand before my dad and I don't have to worry if I've taken the trash out or not. I am holy and blameless before him in love. And I encourage you, meditate. Meditate on his word. Roll his word around in your heart till it comes true. Confess his word. Point two, confess his word. Speak and decree his word. Lay a hold of that word. There is neither height nor depth nor things, principality and powers nor things present nor things to come that will separate me from the love that you have for me. Nothing will separate me from the love that you have for me. No present circumstance will separate me from the love you have for me. As a church, there is nothing that will separate us from the love that he has for us because he loves us. He has called us by name that we belong to him. Nothing separates us from his love. We can speak and confess this. He is the head of this church. He is the chief shepherd. He loves us. He believes in us. He's invested his biggest and his best to us. That as a church, we can start to confess. We can come into agreement, into alignment with what he says. We could look and see the rotten, broken skin, the, the broken leg, the broken ankle, or we can meditate upon who he is. We can confess and speak and decree who he is and speak that over our situation. And, and point three is that we, we value his love. We value his love. We lay a hold of his love. There is an exchange that takes place, and it's a ridiculous exchange. And I don't know why it's so hard, and I don't know why it's so easy. And the exchange is so simple. It's this, that we give God our brokenness, and he gives us healing. We give God our weakness, and he gives us strength. We give God our iniquity, and he gives us forgiveness. What a ridiculous exchange. Because he loves us so much, he wants to be with us as a family. Yet, friends, church, brothers and sisters, why is it that we hold on so tight to the things that are death? Why is it that we hold on so tight to our brokenness, to the fears? Why don't we trust in our living God? I, I don't know. I don't know. But I know this. As we do, as we lay down our gold, He will become our treasure and our delight. We have set our eyes upon Him. As we lay down our fear, as we lay down the lie that we're not good enough, as we lay down the lie that we're not approved, we receive of his approval. 
we receive of that strength inside of us is the church. Let's lay down that lie that God has passed us by. Let's lay down that lie that there is no good thing that can come out of this place. And let's receive that truth that our God is on the throne in this house. That there is a purpose and a plan for this house that extends for generations. That we are alive in Him. He is represented inside of us. That they are one body. We are one body alive and joined together of one accord. Each part contributing. Church, that's, that's the internal bits. The external bits is, is very simple, really. The external bits. So to experience his love, there's, there's an internal shift. But with the things of God, it always has to outwork. It always has to outwork. We always have to take action. Last week at Impact Kids, um, I, I wasn't the, I'm not the Impact Kids director, and I wasn't the oversight for the morning. But as I've been thinking around these things, it started to shift how I see and how I behave. And I, when I arrived last week, we met at 8.30 for a prayer meeting. When I arrived, I had a pre-made decision that we were going to experience and encounter the living God. We were going to have fun. And so everything I did and everything I said, I, it was phrased around that. I took some actions. I arrived energized. I arrived alive and encountered with God, full of Him, so that I could, I could do something. Then during that morning, I was looking for every opportunity that I could bring life as, as a part of the body. I was a part of the body. I was just a part of a team. I was looking, where can I add value? Where can I bring life? Oh, I can throw some toilet paper. That's fantastic. Oh, we can rip the toilet paper up and make a huge mess. Look, the kids are loving it. Oh, during worship, it's got a little bit hard. I can get up on stage and help, help the kids get energized. And, and, and not suggesting that you guys do that, but just... There was something that I'd chosen in my heart. And then at salvation, I'd purpose that kids would get saved. I'd purpose that they would encounter God. I'd made a pre-made decision that I encourage us as a church, as a body, that every one of us to experience his love requires that we step out and do something. Now, every one of you has a talent. Every one of you is needed as a valued, important part of this church, part of this body. We need you now. We need you at this time as we pull together, as we become healed and reconciled with our living God. What can you do? What is the part that you can do? As you step out into that, you'll find that the power of God, the love of God will come and flow through you. Maybe it's that you're really good with giving words of affirmation and encouragement. Maybe it's that you're really hospitable and you can prepare great feasts for the new people. Maybe it's that you're a prayer warrior and you can stand in, in the place of prayer and you can, you can decree the word of God over this house, over the people, over the leadership. Whatever it is, whatever that part is that you can do, it's not until we step out into it that we start to experience as a church the great love of God. Then to finish up, I love these verses. They're just so good. I could eat them up. Verse 20 and, and 21. Now to him, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we ask for or think according to the power that works in us. To Him be glory in the church by Christ to all generations forever and ever. Now to Him who is able, our God is able. He is not absent. He is not distant. He is present. 
Our God is able. He is powerful. He is here. He loves us. Now to Him, now to Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we ask for or think according to the power that works in us. That power works in us as we experience His love. And it fills me with the fullness of God. And it results in power outworking through me. There is a power here to outwork through us, through you individually and through us as a house. To Him be the glory, because He is the head of this house. No man will ever be the head of a church. Our God is the head of this house. To Him be the glory. In the church, us, connected, established together, through Christ and His great love, His redemptive work, to all generations, all generations, old and young, we all have a part to play. Forever and ever. Forever, which is quite a long time, and ever. Forever and ever. Because His plan, His purposes are eternal. So church, this morning I've spoken on His great love. There is a purpose outworking for both you as an individual and for us as a house. As we've spoken this morning, there is a great love available to us as a family. That we are a body, we are a family, and we need you. We need each other. We need to stand of one accord. Why don't we stand now? Why don't we stand now? Why don't we link arms? There is a love available. I can feel it now. A love that restores. There's great love available. That that love is an anchor. It's a foundation that we are established on that we can understand and comprehend that we would be filled. We would be filled with the fullness of God. Why don't you, as you've linked arms, let's just open our hearts to Him now. Father, I thank You for Your great love to us, Your people. God, I thank You that we are called of You. Father, I thank You that we belong to this family. We belong to this house. I thank You that You are the head of this house the head of this church, this group of people. I thank you that everybody here in this building is valuable and important to you. And Father, right now, we choose to open our hearts and our lives to you. God, that as your people, we will be filled with the fullness of your love. We would experience your love that would outwork in our lives. God, I pray your hand be strong upon us. God, I pray that you restore this house and you would build up this people. God, I pray a house that is united in its diversity. God, each part contributing, each part building. God, I pray a release of your love, a release of your love through this house, a release of your great love through this house. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just while we're here in that place, Maybe you've never taken that first step. Maybe you haven't founded your life on that rock. Maybe you haven't yielded and asked Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior. I want to give you that opportunity now that I had as a young man to receive and encounter that great love. So if that's you today and you would like to receive, you would like to become a Christian, you would like to invite Jesus to live in your heart, would you just raise your hand and acknowledge me if that is if that is you today? 